you get any? Not good ones. I can tell you that. <laughs> a lot of dudes listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh, man. Yeah, that's scary. It's primarily dudes and our wives. Also, there was a girl with abnormal size. If it was a wet t-shirt contest, she'd have got fourth and ninth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who was that? I'm just making it up. Oh. I thought it was like Stephanie Lewick. He said nothing was good that he got, so. Gotcha. All right, are we good? Are we ready? Yeah, you, you I'm ready when you are. And welcome, welcome, welcome into Gravel Talk, ladies and gents. Thank you for joining us. Well, this week in the Spotlight and Squirt Circle, we are sitting down with Greg Ganya, the son of Vern Ganya. We're sitting down with Larry the Axe, Henning. We're sitting down in the Spotlight and Squirt Circle with Rhino and Darren Corbin. Zach Gowan. We're sitting down with Dick Justice. You're listening to Gravel Talk, keeping you up to date on the Midwestern independent wrestling. And we are live! Okay, so this will probably post, I'm guessing this is episode 48. 48, what uh, what packer is that? 48. Nobody. Laura Flynn Boyle. <laughs> oh, I liked him. He yeah. was a good safety. Drafted fifth round out of Miami of Ohio. Um, hopefully something gets posted. So did we hear anything back from Alex? I sent a message right now saying post our show. We have like six in the can right now. This will be six. All right. Oh, well, he's an ass clown. All right, here we go. <laughs> He said, yeah, sure, only because you said please, and because WPW isn't breathing down my neck. Fuck WPW, we were here first. Please. We were here but they're first. they're paying him actual money to Who make posters. Who gives a shit? How many posters does he have to make? Right. All of the posters. But how many shows Well, they're are running there? two a month now, because Kurt is running shit up there, but they're running two cities. So what? This doesn't take long. Make a poster while you fucking listen to the show. T- suggest that. I think you just did. He's going to get this. <laughs> but he won't play it back to hear it. So it's a moot point. Scott says, I like that. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. And love and tradition of the grand design. Some people say it's even harder to find Well then there must be some magic clue Inside this gentle world Hey good evening everybody Welcome to the Ross Family Matters podcast episode Maybe 48, I don't know because nothing gets posted anymore So I have no <laughs> idea what number this is But we're going to go with 48 And there have been some great 48s out there But I can't think of any right now So, Hot Shot Scott Williams Jack Spade, Vic the Stick Ross, and our very special guest, uh, somebody I've known for 20 years, man. Can you believe it? Chris Morgan, Mace Morgan, a member of the UATs. It's a pleasure to have you, man. Oh, man. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. I really do. I uh, wasn't expecting this call, but hey, let's do it. Dude, you've always been one of, uh, for sure, at least my favorite people in the whole wide world, so I'm glad we were able to do this. Now, before we get started... The way we kind of lay things out, you're a first-time guest, so we're going to find out a little bit about how you got to know us, how you got into the wrestling business, and then we're going to get into the hat here and pull out whatever random shit we can pull out of here. <laughs> we have no it. idea what's going to come, but um, we obviously met through um, 
through the wrestling business. Mm -hmm. And my mind gets a little foggy because I'm pushing 50. Yeah. But I believe we connected because you were doing some stuff training with Angel Armani. Does that sound about right? That's that's right. And um, went to Rebels. Mm-hmm. And that's when I met all of you guys. Um, some of my first matches after wrestling for Morty, of course. And then uh, a couple months after wrestling with Morty, did some shows with you guys, and that's when I met you. Any regrets that you met us? <laughs> Not at all, man. Well, you might, that Great might times. change at the end of this hour. <laughs> um, so when you got started, obviously it feels like everybody who's anybody in Wisconsin started with Powerhouse, right? I mean, mm-hmm. but... Oh, well, at that time, you started a little later, but at that time in the 90s, you kind of went through there. That's where you kind of got started. But what made you decide, first of all, that you wanted to be in the business, and then how did you seek out getting involved? Um, I started off as a backyard wrestler, not knowing I was a backyard wrestler. Right. Uh, So I was at Northridge Mall. That's how long ago it was. Oh, my. And, um... I was at a GameStop, which was called Babbage's at the time. Oh, I and, remember um, I heard the twins, if y'all can remember the twins. I know the twins. Oh, Fish and, and Septic, right? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard them talking. And uh, me being a big wrestling fan, I just started eavesdropping. Acting like I was looking at video games, but I was just listening to their conversation the whole time. And I noticed they wasn't talking about like WWE. They was kind of like talking about what they did. So right. I basically said, excuse me. You guys wrestlers? It was like, yeah, man, we wrestled so-and-so Club Caribe or some shit. Oh, yeah. I think that's right. That's yeah. Right. And yeah. Um, within 45 seconds, I was like, yo, how can I get in? <laughs> and sure. that was that was my start. Uh, did that for about a year. And if anybody can remember, uh, a guy was killed in the ring. Tony Nash. Mm-hmm. Tony Nash. Yeah. Uh, I was there. I was actually next. To wrestle, oh my! And um, mm. did you still wrestle after that, or did they end the no, show after that? The show was over, okay. and it was yellow tape around the ring. Yeah, um, makes the sense. cops were there, and it was over. It was over forever, actually. So, but that's that's how I got my start, and um, it was basically uh, I was young still, so my father was like, "Yo, you can't wrestle until you get professionally trained." So I went to a Mid America show, and. They, we waited, me and Jared and I, um, the Jack, Jack, Jared Jacks, he, uh, we waited to the end of the show, went up to the Marler, and, uh, said, yo, we want to wrestle, what can we do? He said, come back next month, and we can talk about training. Next month. That was Jerry, right? Yep, Jerry. That Marler, yes. Yep. The next month came, and he didn't remember shit. (laughs) He didn't know us, he didn't remember our face, he don't remember the conversation, so we was kind of like, damn, what the hell? But, uh. Angel Armani was training a kid at the time. Can't remember his name. Um, it's probably Joey Pink. Nope, before him. Oh. It was Well, I'll tell you what. It could have been Loudon Payne. Nope. It could have been Ryan Rogue. Nope. It could have been... Uh, Who was the kid that was Armani the, Jr.? The big Greek... The uh, green the, chicken. The Greek, the Greek wrestler guy. Remember my fat Greek wrestler? I don't remember. Surfer Joe. Remember Surfer Joe? I don't. Okay. I can't remember his name, but it doesn't, he didn't last long. Yeah, Casey Starr? Um, Would you stop? He was young. He was very young. Okay, but so, so was Casey Starr. Well, when you say young, you mean like under 18? Yes. 
was he a blonde kid? Yes. And uh, not very tall? Right. That sounds like the green chicken, Richie. Yeah. Richie. Oh, there you go. It was That's Richie. I, said, I just said You that. did say mm-hmm. that, yeah. And um, so he, they was working in a ring. We waited till it was finished. And long story short, we talked to him and said, hey, how can we get trained? And uh, he said, I don't train anybody until you come to my house, look at my tapes, and if you still, if you like what you see, we could talk about training. At that point, I didn't give a damn what he looked like on them tapes. I just knew I wanted to be trained to be a wrestler. And uh, But he was actually good. And mm-hmm. um, we got trained from there. And this was, what, t- gosh, 2000? Sure. 2001, maybe. And, um, tapes weren't even wrestling tapes. It was right. Greasy Asses 11. Right. Next to Booty Talk 13. Do you like my tape? <laughs> I was surprised it wasn't the Beverly Hillbilly. Yeah. <laughs> the Monsters. Right. Season 1 of Police Squad. And, um, man, we got trained and it was less than a year because, like I said, we did the backyard thing. So I knew how to bump. I knew how to hit the ropes because they, they, even though it was backyard, they tried to train us. Sure. You know, sure, um, sure. he called himself Artless St. James Divine. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, we thought he wrestled for WCW Power Plant or some got trained from there. Oh, yeah? That's hmm. what he told us. I wonder where that you know. came from. And, uh, <laughs> was Jeff Briggs involved with this place? He was his enemy at the time. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, didn't I, know why. Artless St. James Divine? Divine. <laughs> I know who. I, yeah, Artless, like the, the oh, HBO. Oh, what was the WAW, right? Yes. Where the Elite Compete. Yeah, they compete, all right. So you're working with Armani. Now, and how does he... Okay, so as you're training with him, how do you start getting hooked up and start working in other feds? Obviously, Powerhouse came... Did, was that something that Armani set up for you? Yep. Okay. He set up that first match. It was um, Jared and I versus Armani and um, Haystacks. Oh. R.I.P. And um, we wrestled in uh, Waukesha at the bowling alley. Was that Rooters? Oh, yeah. 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 So we was there. That was my first match. This is probably like 01. And... Um, from that day forward, man, we wrestled. We was wearing money every every month, every week, you know. Sure. And, um, powerhouse, powerhouse, and then finally we got hooked up with Jim Gunyan mm-hmm. out in Eau Claire and Wausau and Tama, and we was doing that tour every month. And uh, we did that for a while, and which was nice. It was fun. It was we got treated good for the first time, you know, because. You work for Powerhouse, you wasn't getting paid. Right. You know, <laughs> you get there, you set up and tear down the ring, and then you go home after you wrestle. Sometimes you, know? you get a beer with a tomato. Oh, uh, man, I don't know if I even got that. <laughs> you know, I, would, I wouldn't mind a beer and a tomato. Raise your hand if you ever got a, a payday at Powerhouse. I did, one. Let me, yeah, me too, one. one. Let me tell you the worst payday, and I'll get back to you. I actually, you remember this story. I got paid $3 once. <laughs> And I was like, motherfucker, don't pay me at all. <laughs> like, I'd rather you don't pay me and say you didn't have the money mm-hmm. than give me $3 because now you're telling me that that's what you think I'm worth, right? Exactly. I would have rather gotten nothing. That's your one powerhouse payday? No, I've got a couple. Okay. But. I got one. It was in Baraboo. I got a $20 payday, and it's only because Mike Thompson wasn't handling the gate. It was the guy that was in Baraboo. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he gotcha. had the building, and he was just like, bring me these I, I think I got sure 20 bucks. Yeah, okay. I got 20 And the same that. guy that 
promoted it was also the ring announcer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That I got paid for that show too. I actually got that was, I think I got forty because we traveled, and I had a, and we weren't going to make it. I told them, you know, that's I'm getting off of work at two o'clock. I don't know if I'm gonna make it, and they basically said, please try, you know, to sure. make it worth your while. And uh, so I think I got thirty dollars. Okay. You know, the, nice. I should have lied and said I'm gonna be late. There you go. <laughs> My first payday was. In a parking lot outside of an ACW NWA Wisconsin show, from Jason Jerry handing handing me ten dollars and saying, "If you tell anybody I gave you this, I'm going to get all sorts of shit. So don't tell anybody." Well, now you just told everybody. So, well, I mean, this is like fifteen <laughs> so years ago. Here's something interesting. So in Rebels, like Rebels lasted three years ish. Well, longer, but three years of running regularly. Okay. Right. We did some spot shows and whatnot, and I kind of eh, maybe. I mean, I know there were three monarchs of the mat. But anyway, um, <laughs> stop time rolling time. your eyes, goddammit. Hey, there's another thing Scott created. <laughs> that name, yes. The concept, no. Um, but anyway, so I kind of credit you and Jared and even, you know, and Ryan Rogue and maybe even Joey Pink, but I won't. But the connection with Armani and the influx that you guys brought to our show. I think that was like the next level because I always look at Rebels in two chapters. There was the Cirrus years, right? The big fire years. And then there was the getting Armani's guys to come in. And I think that kind of helped continue to legitimize what we were trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. Even though you guys were young, I just, you know, the fact that we had an actual guy who was established locally in Angel Armani saying, I want my trainees to work here. And I thought we did a good job trying to get you guys in decent angles and mm-hmm. explosions. But anyway, so, I mean, I always, to me, I, when I look back at that time, I'm, you know, I'm, I go, yeah, that was cool when we were able to get Armani and his group to kind of come aboard and be part of what we did. So. Oh, yeah, it was fun, too, you know. It was, uh, like you said, angles. Uh, when we was working for Jim Gunn, it was basically, hey, get your guys to come up here and put my guys over. And, um uh, you know me. You guys have been knowing me forever. Never been cocky. Right. But them dudes couldn't tie our fucking shoes. <laughs> you know they couldn't lace our boots. Right. Couldn't even couldn't do anything in that ring. But we went up there to try to make them look like a million bucks. And we was okay with that. You know, for a while. You know, it was free hotels, a little payday at the end of the night, and it was like hell. I'm in the business. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But you know, even though it's scripted. You don't want to lose every fucking show. Especially not somebody who's the shits. I mean, the drizzling shits. And, um, no, no, don't get me wrong. It was some good guys up there. Few. But you just weren't working in that program. Right. And, you know, never had any angles. Come up here, work this guy, put him over. Come up here, put this guy over. It wasn't until I worked with you guys at Rebels where I actually had an angle. Right. So that was pretty cool. That's what I liked about Rebels. It was like, oh, I got a storyline. <laughs> you know, it, it felt Sure, it felt your first taste you know? of actually having right. a program that continued on. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember, because, um, you know, I'll talk about this in a little bit, you and your tag team uh, with Jared, because you guys lasted so long, but we split you up. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I put Jared with Jay Real, yep. and we had the, you know, they were the the... the the Urban Express or the right. Ebony Express. That's Ebony what it was. Express, yeah. So I mean, because it was fun because Jay Real obviously played the the character, but and I think I teamed you with Steve Santana for yep. a while. And, but I, it was 
it was kind of cool because I talked to Armani. I'm like, hey, what do you think we should do? You know, how do you want me to, to use these guys? Because he's like, I don't do what you want, but, you know, eventually they're going to be teaming. I said, well, then I'm just going to split up. I mean, if they're going to do that for a while, let's see what they do with other people. And you guys, I mean, again, I have nothing but great things to say about the contributions you made to help with what we did. we're trying to do for that time. But then you move on from us. And you and Jared got to team up for a long time. And nowadays, you don't see that. Like, you don't mm -hmm. see teams that spend a decade or more together. I mean, you know, I think things started to change in the big leagues, in the WWE and, and WCW, when Eric Bischoff had the idea that tag teams were meaningless and you can make more money by splitting them up. But I know you're my close to my edge, and we grew up on, like, tag team wrestling for being sure. the best. Mm -hmm. I still have a soft spot in my heart for tag team wrestling. And you guys were able to get booked consistently as a team, that had to be kind of neat. I mean, you know, it, when you're doing it, you're like, oh, man, I'd like to do some other things sometimes. But when you look back at it, that had to be cool to be part of that team for so long and continue to get constantly booked and have the success you guys had. It was awesome because um, one thing, if you can remember back then, it wasn't too many black wrestlers. Right. And so, so for me to be able to travel with my best friend, and be my partner it was like it made everything easy you know we didn't care what you know we was the black guys for so long right. hey uh not a good tag name you're right yeah, you're yeah, right don't you know <laughs> hey you two are going against the black guys tonight you know it was like all right i'm not going to say nothing because i don't want to catch heat i'm just not getting into business so i'll be the black guys you know sure. um but it just being able to work with jared going up and down those roads made it easy made it fun it was a new experience for both of us so we was we was handling this all you know together everything we had our first together everything you know we started training together had our first match at the same time together had our first traveling road trip together and it was like never a feud it was never oh yeah i'm the best of the tag team you're the better it was like i played my part he played his part and it worked out you know, the really that's a good point because there really wasn't a Shawn Michaels or a Marty Jannetty, right? Right, because you guys were both you were different styles. Mm -hmm. You were more of the power guy; he was more of the the finesse guy. But you guys were equally as 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 uh, uh, com compatible, right? Mm -hmm. And you could both wrestle singles matches, and you were both great at that. So, and that's rare too, because a lot of times you get guys that are in tag teams, and they forget how to carry a match as a singles. And you guys never forgot that either. But mm -hmm. So it was really cool because you never looked at your team and went, well, that dude's better than that dude, or vice versa. Because right. you both brought a different dynamic to that mm -hmm. team, and that was, I mean, really cool. Yeah. What, what I kind of want to know is there was a point, though, where it really clicked, though, because you guys had been a tag team for a long time. You guys may have even been using the UAT name. Mm -hmm. But where did it really click for you when, like, the Alpha Dog came out? Where you guys started getting the matching gear, mm -hmm. where everything really started to feel. How how did that transition happen? So it was like the end of two thousand two. We was wrestling two to three years at this point. I mean, every weekend. It was like a point where we kind of got burnt out. Like I said, we was going for Jim Gunyan. I think AWA. I, I can't remember the company name. Yeah, yeah, it was. He was running AWA. AWA and. Uh, we kind of just got burnt out, you know. It felt like nobody appreciated us, you know. Really wasn't getting paid, and um, it was like hell. I'm, I want to party, <laughs> to be honest with you. Right. You know, it was. I was 22 years old. And I was. I, I was getting into the nightlife and drinking and 
girls and yeah, shit. right. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Whoa. Yikes. <laughs> so you know, it was like, hey, we kind of just took that break a little bit, and um, Jared ended up, you know, he had some personal issues. I probably, I'm not gonna go too deep yeah, in, you know, um, but he ended up moving to Green Bay and. I stayed here and I did my thing for about a year. He came back after about a year, and uh, we linked back up. And um, I was just out of a relationship, and I was like, "Yo, I need a roommate. You down?" And uh, no bullshit. He was like, forty-five minutes later, he was at my house with a garbage bag, like, "Yo, let's do this." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Hell yeah!" And uh, so it was like one day after work, we was we started watching wrestling again, and we seen uh. Ken Anderson, Ken Kennedy, come out. And it was like, holy shit, this dude is in the WWE. And then it was like Sean Davari came out. Yeah. Like, these are all the guys we just was working with. And we quit. Damn, maybe we could have made it. You know, it was like. Right. So it was just like, at that moment, it was that moment we was watching TV. It was like, yo, we really got to get back. And if it wasn't for Kurt, we probably wouldn't have got back because nobody was fucking with us. You know, we couldn't get booked anywhere. And Kurt was like, yo, come on. Yeah, we were done at that point. Mm-hmm. That, so. so even our money wouldn't book us, you know, and he trained us, <laughs> you know. And uh, so we give, man, so much credit to Kurt because he brought us back and he let us form our tag team. And because we was off and living together, we sit around smoking, coming up with ideas like, yo, so we're going to come back as a tag team, matching gear, what we going to call ourselves. And, uh, hell, Jared came up with the name, actually. You know, the Urban Assault Team, UAT. Cool. I'm down for whatever. Right. And um, and the Alpha Dog came. I was working a singles match. Uh, man, what's what's that place? The Miramar. Uh-huh. I don't even know who was running that place. I know TC has something to do with it. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, there but... Um, companies in and out. I was working a singles match, and I hit a big move, and the crowd was quiet. And I just was like, whoo, whoo. And everybody just started barking. I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? You know? Sure. And um, later that night, I was kind of like, man, did you see that? I want to I wanna, I wanna use that. I want to see what I can do with this. Started brainstorming. I came up with Alpha Dog. And the next show, I did it. And the people liked it. And next thing you know, I was the Alpha Dog. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's how the Alpha Dog came alive. It was not something I thought of one day. It was actually like... Uh, Spur the moment thing, and I'm gonna try something because the crowd's sitting on their hands right now. And the whole match they barked after I did a couple barks, <laughs> and that's how the Alpha Dog was born. Some of the best things kind of happen by accident, right? You're mm-hmm. planning it. So, when you look back at all the stuff you did, and if you were gonna write, you know, if you had a time capsule or, or whatever, and you were gonna put one match or one moment or one story in that box. One from shot, when one you were wrestling, what would it be? Mom's spaghetti. Um, the one is uh, we was working for Dave Hero at uh, Blizzard Brawl, and we worked Demolition. Okay. And um, I can remember that ride. You know, me and Jerry listen to our music. We smoking and laughing and joking before every show. Same routine. And and this ride was so fucking quiet. It was just like. You know, we are we all huge wrestling fans. Yeah. You know, we all the same age, so Demolition was the team. And uh, we turned that corner, and we seen the building, and Jerry and I looked at each other. It was funny. It looked like it could have been a scene from a movie, 
we looked at each other, and Jared just started screaming, and I did it too. Oh shit! You know, just get those nerves out. You know, and uh, when we got in there, I was like, okay, it's time to be professional. (laughs) You know, and then we went in there, and then um, come to find out, those dudes are so nice. It was like they was cool as hell. I was I didn't know what to expect. It was the first names I ever worked. Right in front of a huge house. Front, right? Yeah, it was that Blizzard Brawl was probably fifteen hundred people there. You know, um, so it was like man, you know, and it was actually like a four way tag. So it was like Devilition, then the Texas Hangman, and then um, Brutus the Barber, and um, Valentine. Valentine was, was in the other corner. Brawl, I remember that. And um, Man, we was just standing in the gorilla position, getting ready to come out, and they got like a, they got an award that night. Demolition did, um, you know, lifetime achievement award. Sure. And uh, just standing in the gorilla position, and they music hit their music, not ours, and just hearing that music, dun 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 dun. Yeah. It was like holy shit, we finna wrestle these guys, you know. And um, went out there. I mean, they were older, so they couldn't do much, but uh, it was funny because Jared. Asked them to change the match. You know, he was like, yo, how about if we do this? And I looked at him like, what the fuck is you doing? You know, just <laughs> shut up and do what they asked us to. And they actually loved his idea and we used it. <laughs> you know, and it was a part of the match where Jared actually came up with one of our final spots of the match before we was eliminated that night. And uh, that's, and even though we was only out there for about eight minutes, yeah. it was huge. If I remember right, you guys got eliminated first, right? Yeah. And I remember, I don't know if you were with me, and I remember going like, why the fuck would they eliminate the only guys <laughs> that can still bump? Hey, we said the same thing. Right? Way. Because what same you were shit. left with Valentine, who couldn't bump, mm-hmm. the hangmen who were older. Like, what the? Mm-hmm. So, and I saw, from there, I thought, like, I loved the first ten minutes, and then it was like, all right, now nobody can take a bump. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I guess we'll go get popcorn. But, yep. yeah, I but remember you know, watching. that's the politics part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um... Nobody want to lose first, so we're going to have the guys who haven't made it big lose. Yeah. But, like you said, we could have made everybody look good and still lost at the end and had Devilition win like they did. Right. You know, that would have made sense to the world, but you know how this game is. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, me. so. But even with that being said, that's still one of the moments that I replay a lot. Sure. You know, that, that feeling of excitement and nervousness and that huge crowd that was out there and hell Marnie was out there as our manager and he never managed us you know so that was pretty cool to have our trainer out there managing us and that's that's the match that comes to my head a lot you know sure it's plenty others you know my final match yeah with BCW uh the cage match with Jared that was with Jared yeah um that was rise to honor right um that was a huge one you know I was and that wasn't actually my last match of that year. That was just my last match with BCW. Right. I think I had two or three more. You right. know, my final match ever was with Dave Hero at the Circle B, and uh, X Pac was my tag team partner. Sure, against we were uh, true. against yeah. Eddie and uh, Kurt. Yeah, and that don't get me wrong, that was a huge match. I was an honorary DX member <laughs> that night, but um, that match with Jared was. That's the one that I always remember. That's the one I have pictures of. You know, that was, I started with them, I kind of finished with them, you know. Right. And uh, that's that's always special to me, you know. Sure. That's, that's my boy. We broke character. It was crazy. It was like we was beating the shit out of each other. 
for 15 minutes in a cage match and uh, hit me with that last move and it was like one, two, and as soon as the two hit, I fucking started crying. He's on top of me. He's crying. Three. He didn't celebrate. He got out because he didn't want to break character. Yeah. And I'm just on the ground fucking bawling because I didn't want to retire. Yeah. You know, um, you guys know my hips went out. I needed partial hip replacements um, because I had bad arthritis, hereditary. It wasn't because of the wrestling business. It was just that's how God made me. Right? Not so, that that helped. Yeah. It it, re- help. And that's what the doctor said. He said, you know. The wrestling probably sped up the process in like <coughs> 10 years. It was going to have to happen anyway. But it was going to happen anyway. So I have no regrets at all, you know. But uh, it was rough. Well, and, and I don't want to make this as rough, but I got to ask because, I mean, I was there for that last match, and then I was there for actually some of the stuff after that because mm-hmm. we did the reunion and we did the Dave Hero show. But how hard, you know, I mean... I, as you get away from it now, it maybe it gets easier, maybe it doesn't, but how hard did you miss it? Especially if you consider things like, you know, Jared getting the chance to work like a Ring of Honor show when it came to town mm-hmm. and thinking that you could have been you oh, know, yeah. part of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And when he did that, you know, I was just starting to get over, like, no bullshit, I went to depression. Yeah. Like, I was, like, in my chair, fresh off of surgery, with a walker. You know, I'm like, what, 35 years old with a walker and a giant cut on my ass <laughs> and going down. I'm like, I couldn't even watch wrestling no more. Like, I'd be in the middle of watching Raw and fucking tear would come down my eye sure. going, damn, I, I'm not watching this shit right now. I can't, I would never make it to this point. I would never make it anywhere. Right. I can't even wrestle for my local company right now. So, I couldn't even watch wrestling for almost two years. So, that's, that's why you guys never seen me at no shows. Right, right. It was just... It was too tough. You know, it was... I get it completely. I yeah. tried to retire. Mm-hmm. I went home. I was doing great. And then Thanksgiving came, and I was like, you know what? I don't work tonight. I'm going to go hang out at Armani show. Mm-hmm. It was all over. Yep. I, by April, I was back. Yep. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Chris Lockman, host of the Smart Money Wrestling Podcast. Join me and my co-host, AJ Jensen, each week as we discuss all things professional wrestling. WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor, Luch Underground, New Japan, as well as the local indie scene here in Wisconsin. We'll also bring you interviews with some of the Midwest up-and-coming independent stars and where you can see them in your area. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, as well as on Twitter, at Smart Money. Check us out. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host, Ragbag, as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and, of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out and i know that this doesn't make it that time easier right i i I get all that because you know at 35 obviously if your hips had cooperated you still go right oh yeah but if it means anything man like i 
legit like had some of the best times ever watching you in that ring work. So you left impressions with people. And, you know, so when you look back at it, man, like look back at the fact that you're you're memorable, even if it's on a local level. Like mm-hmm. what you did was meaningful and was memorable. And that nobody, no matter what, your hips or anybody else, they can't take that away. Yeah, so and, I appreciate and, that. And at this point, you know, you just, you know, you told us upstairs, just got done with the third surgery. You're mm-hmm. able to start working out again without pain. Right. Are you done? I'm done. You're done? Um, right. Even though the surgeons told me, because the sur- the surgery I got is specifically so I can be active again. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't get total hip replacements. I got what's called a Birmingham hip resurfacing. Gotcha. So it's only partial replacements in my hips. So I can get back in the ring. But one of my biggest fears is getting in that ring and not being able to perform like I did. Right. Because nobody's going to remember that shit if I come back and I can't do what I used to. They're going to remember this. 70%, it's not Mm -hmm. what you want to put out. You know, and then, um, man, them surgeries are painful. I'd be damned if I messed myself up. Right. So it, it came across my mind. But I got a six-year-old daughter at home said, Dad, you better not wrestle no more. And that's her Uh-oh. That's her legit words. It was a shoot. <laughs> hey, you, I don't want to see you wrestle no more, Dad. And that was as I was watching an old DVD showing the kids who kind of didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, but uh, I was like, hey, I, I think you're right, you know. So So now that we brought the room down, Okay. I want to bring the room back up. Let's do it. You wrestled... 15 years, 16 years? 14. 14 years. It's mm-hmm. the worst match you ever been in. <laughs> oh, man. Sitting right here. I know. Nope, Lane, because you was fucking entertaining, okay? <laughs> so when we work, so one thing, like, it didn't matter what your skill set or how athletic you were. You knew how to work. Yeah. So you would definitely never be in the category it was one of these, I can't remember his name. It was a Jim Gunyan guy. And we wanted him to do a leapfrog. And I think he jumped like one inch in the air. He couldn't do it. <laughs> so when I went to go under, it was like I had butted his dick. It was like, it was horrible. And, I, and that was one of the guys we had to put over. I wish I could remember his name, but I can't. Because he was just not rememberable at all. Yeah. <clears throat> but that was probably one of the worst matches I ever had. Was there ever a time when you look back... Where you wrestled somebody who was good, and for whatever reason, you just didn't click with that person, right? Like, you knew that that guy could work, you knew that you could work, but when you just got in the ring, for whatever reason, whether it was bad luck or just styles, like, it just didn't click. Well, it is, it is somebody, and he's a close friend of mine, it was uh, Rashi Brown. Uh-huh. Um, we had two matches ever. And the first time it didn't click, because he beat the shit out of me. Sure. <laughs> you know, uh, I never worked. Anybody who worked that stiff, I was still a rookie. So I was caught by surprise, and it kind of just threw me all the way off. Right. It wasn't not because he wasn't perfecting his moves or it was a, not a you good call. You just weren't sure. You didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect, man. After a couple of those big moves, I was like, what the fuck? Let's get this match. Let's take it home. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, and that night, he was like, I was like, yo, is you piss off at me? What's up? He was like, yo, let me tell you something, kid. Them people in the front row can see you miss a shot. You know, if if you if you whiff on a punch, you whiff on a kick, everybody gonna see it and they say this is bullshit. 
we lay it in, but we're not killing each other. Yeah, it might hurt a little bit more than the other guy, but guess what? Everybody in that crowd was going, damn, ooh. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I sat back and I was like, you're right. And after that match, I actually stiffened up for the rest of my career. Yeah. Not as much as Rashid, but right. I, I stiffened up. And um, about two years later for our money, we had a one-on-one match, and we killed it. Because I knew what to expect. I right. knew how he worked. And, uh, man, I was laying it in. <laughs> and uh, he said he had time of his life. You know, oh, that was fun. You know, and so it wasn't, it was just that first one. I wasn't expecting it. That first clothesline where he almost took my damn head off. Yep. <laughs> and then it was him and Jason Dukes, you know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. What you got to like, though, and respect about a guy like Rashi, though, is he's stiff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll lay it in there. But you can be stiff with him, and he's cool. Like, he's oh, yeah. not a bully. Like, there's a difference. Because in this business, there's bullies. Yes. And then there's just guys who are stiff, right? Right. Rashi was just a guy who was stiff. Rashi was super cool. Yeah. Oh, we yeah, absolutely. friends. He started a semi-pro football league shortly after I met him, and I actually played for him for three years. Oh, nice. You know, we actually became real close, you mm-hmm. know, after that first match. And, um, yeah, the, the Skull Crushers, Milwaukee Skull Crushers. <laughs> so we played for the IFL and the the UFL. So for three years, we played football together. Every well, one season was Saturdays, and other two seasons was Sundays. So I was with Rashid for a lot at one point. You know, sure, so he's an awesome guy. Yeah, living out in Arizona now, and right, and loving not being in this shitty weather. So. <laughs> I went to my buddy got two free tickets, and we went and hung out at the. Uh, it was an N- NWA show at Texas Victory Hall. Mm. And Rashi worked Tommy Courageous. <laughs> and I could see Rashi getting frustrated with him. Right? So he gives him a whip across to the turnbuckle, and Rashi comes charging in. And the way it looked, it looked like the way Tommy Courageous was in the corner, he was expecting like a stinger splash. Mm-hmm. He got a boot right in the face. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you go to Texas Victory Hall right now, you can find his face. It's <laughs> behind the bar in the corner. Hey, Rashi put a quite a beating on Peter Be Beautiful once. At oh, a, yeah. At yep, you can find that on the YouTube. Yeah. Probably more than once. It's and funny it's that you fantastic. bring up Tommy Courageous because that was my worst Milwaukee match because okay. I forgot all about Courageous. I believe he was at Tex Victory Hall, and he like sh- he did a shoot DDT on me. He was like gave me a stinger. I was like, "What the fuck is this dude doing?" Sorry. Uh, that's probably my worst Milwaukee match. I forgot all about him until you. Yeah, and I up. tried to tell Vic not to put the belt on. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you know obviously. You know, this segment, what you've been got going on. What have you been up to? So I know you've had the surgeries. Mm-hmm. You're raising a daughter. You're, you're, you're doing all the things that, uh, that people do as they mature in their life. But what, what are some of the other things you got cooking? Uh, man, uh, one of the things I did when, after my first surgery, sitting there fucking depressed looking out the window, <laughs> um, I decided to go back to school. Okay. So i actually been going to school for the past three years or so. Um, so I should be walking across the stage this May. Nice. So because, you know, it was like for my whole adult life, I knew I wanted to be a wrestler. There was nothing else. Right. It was like, okay, I'm going to have a job to support myself until I make it. Right. And uh, 
in my head, I just knew I was going to make it. You know, I felt like, you know, you guys see me transform my body before the hips started going. And I lost a bunch of weight and mm-hmm. I started to get in shape and I just felt like it was going to happen. And um, one day I couldn't give a big boot no more. And it was just like, what the hell? I thought I pulled a groin, actually. And um, that's why I started going to the doctor, because I thought I pulled or tore a groin. um, So it was just like, after that first surgery, I was like, man, what the hell am I going to do with my life? You know? Um, So I went to school and started going to school, got a divorce. That was a good movie. Don't glance over the school thing, man. You put in all that work. Tell people what your degree is going to be in. Oh, you know, um, business management. Nice. Yeah, we got a lot of recruiters that listen to this show. Yep. Uh, go to yeah, Concordia right. University. So, very cool. Concordia? Yep. Okay. So, oh, that's I'm a good going one. there. Good school. Um, it did was you hard. Ever, <laughs> did you ever see Monica on campus? Because she just graduated from Concordia, like, a, maybe about a year ago at this point. No, can't say that I have. You did night classes, right? Yes. Yeah, that's probably why. But you know, Concordia have a lot of little substations throughout the city now. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. I try not to go to Mequon at all. You know, if I if I don't have to drive forty minutes, I'm not going to do it. I don't right? blame you. You know, so I go to Miller Park campus, and then there's one right in the middle of Milwaukee at Midtown Shopping Center. So I go there, but I got actually I got to go to Mequon coming up soon. So. See, that's super cool, though, because now you had your first half of your life chasing down, you know, something. Now you got the next half of your life where you can use that degree for whatever, hopefully, you want it to be, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you know, it's it's in reverse. Sometimes people go to school and then they do this. If you just said, hey, I'm going to do this, all right, now it's time to do this, right? right. Use your body, now you use your brain, right? It's, exactly. So. Yep, and then. Trust me, I didn't think I could use my brain like that. <laughs> but, you know, it was like, it was adjustment, like anything else. You know, um, I had to figure it out. Right. You know, get back to use reading books and writing papers. You know, I'm like, at that point, I was 30 some years old, and it was like, I have, I've been out of school for how long at that point? Yeah. You know, and yeah. so it was like, shit, this shit is difficult. But you know, just like anything, you work at it, it gets easy. So, right. right. What do you got going on there, Lane? <clears throat> oh, gosh. Now, I remember we're probably sometime in in late March by the time this shit gets posted. Right, well, this, you know, as you guys late. know, I just got back from Mars. All right. <laughs> and that was a good time. First person to ever have a match on Mars. What do you got coming up end of March? End of March, I have RCCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's two RCCW shows in uh, April as well. Uh, middle of March, there's a Legacy Pro Wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Fifteenth, um, I believe. Yep. 15th, and then there's uh, an MIAW show somewhere in April. Nope. Uh, April. In April. April twelfth. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what I've been got going on. Cool. I got April twelfth, uh, MIAW. I got April nineteenth for Legacy. And April twenty seventh, the the great Mick Foley, Jack Swagger will be at ACW up at the Benami Nations Arena, and I'll be part of that show. Nice. I've uh, I've also got the RCCW dates. I've also got the legacy date. I've also got the MIAW date. Nice. That's what I do. All right. All right. So before we get into the hat, which is an adventure of its own, you are a first time guest. So we have to subject you to the same bullshit we had to put up with. Uh, we were asked a question back in like episode fourteen, something like that. It was early. Yep. Uh, the question that we pulled out of the hat was. Who you gave for? <laughs> now, we'll give you ours. Yeah, because we've ahead. been slacking on that. Yeah, I chose Matthew McConaughey. That's a good choice. Okay. 
I went with Justin Timberlake because you know, I don't know. I like the clean shaven dude. If I had to pick one. I, you guys know like that uh, Sunny D ripoff, that Tampico that comes in like oh, yeah. a milk jug. Yeah, right? but it's buck not fifty a... at Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to fill a kiddie pool with that, and then roll around with it and let Ryan Reynolds suck every inch of it. Okay, off my you're mind. you're so disturbing. <laughs> That's right a now, callback to the previous episode. All right, so if you had a pick, it could be anybody, but usually we we try to tend to go celebrity. Battery die? No, I just. Who who would you pick if you had to? If you you're stuck on a deserted island for the rest of your life with someone. I mean, we never actually designated that it has to be a celebrity. It could be a guy you well, know. I suppose, but I don't think you'd want to call it. <laughs> remember, but remember how <laughs> off-putting it was when we did that thing in lacrosse and that guy was like, eh, I had to pick, I'd pick TJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's> <laughs> so who you got? Oh, man, it's not something I actually think about. Well, no, um, we didn't either <laughs> until it came out of the hat. We're like, oh, I guess we got to... Kind of getting grips with her. I thought about it. Wow, you're different. It seems. It, it seems <laughs> yeah, like you, you put a lot of thought. <laughs> like frequently. <laughs> you know exactly what juice you want to suck off of this shit. Like, Yeesh. I guess. I mean, ugh. I mean, not ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's perfectly acceptable <laughs> for you to say ugh because. <laughs> You're not a homosexual. Yeah, right. you're not if against you homosexual. Not against it at all. If you were right. homosexual, you'd look at like Cameron Diaz and be like, ugh. Yeah, yeah well, I still do that now, yeah, but I'm too. not. Yeah. I, she's like <laughs> Justin Timberlake didn't. Yeah. I know, all right. Um, I mean, okay, so not too long ago I said the perfect guy by I will want yeah. would be Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther. Oh, so, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess it'll be dude. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, That's so, right. all right. Yeah. I'm going to roll with ripped. that. He's ripped. Yeah. And you know what? He's not too big. Just like taking the Band-Aid off, topic's over. There We're you good. go. Yeah. <laughs> now we get to dive into the hat. And you're our guest, so you get to pick right. first. No, go ahead. I just want to give a quick mixture. Hey, mix it up. Some mix it give, up. Them, give them the warnings and everything. Yeah, too. so these are on sticky notes, uh, post-it notes, so they got a little stick to them. And Lane writes like shit. So last so. week, we had Mikey Wild on, and we got all wrestling topics. Yep. But one week, we had Angel Armani on, and we got a bunch of bullshit. So <laughs> I can't promise, and you can imagine how patient Armani is when he's got to answer questions about Bolivian soccer. Okay. <laughs> and then the last warning is, please don't look directly into the hat, because you can see the topics. Although you won't be able to read them, because he writes like, right. like he's... There you go. Alright, so what is our first topic tonight? Alright. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I didn't go it's to college. Yeah. I believe is. Do you have any merch? Do you own any merch? Like, like any oh, any wrestler? Yes. Okay. I'll start with that question. I did before my house fire had a four horseman shirt. That was the only one I had. Okay. I had a horseman shirt. Uh, since the fire, no, I do not own any. Okay. Well, I own plenty of merch. In fact, I'm wearing a Bobby Roode T-shirt under this shirt right now. Um, best thing in the world for me is when the WWE shop runs t-shirts for 10 bucks. Yeah. I'm a big fat dude. I can't buy, I can't go to the store and buy yeah, plain yeah, yeah, t-shirts yeah. for But WWE bucks. dudes, people who watch WWE, big fat dudes. Yeah. I, and <laughs> as you can see, I don't wear them on the, I wear them as undershirts. Yeah. They're cheaper than going to buy a package of undershirts. There you go. Makes sense. I, um... I, I want to make a caveat. So I owned a horseman shirt. 
I don't know if books count, because the Bobby Heenan book's one of the best books I ever read, but I'm not counting that as merch. I'm sticking with shirts and hats. As merch. But, I mean, like, I've got video games, i got movies, you know, DVDs. Oh, yeah, well, shit, uh, I had... So if that counts... I mean, you know... Tons because, of merch. But, so the thing that really chaps me about my the fire was I had every pay-per-view, because I worked for Time Warner, and I got them for discounted or almost free. I had on VHS every pay-per-view from, like, 1987... Till like 2004, and they were just lined up, stacked in a closet in my in my old house because you'd come over for the paper. Yep. So, um, but I didn't have to. But because of that, I didn't have to buy the DVDs. Mm-hmm. But I do have still at the house. I have a Bret Hart, and I have the uh, uh, Rise and Fall of w, uh, World Class, and so I still have some of that. But, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, you got any merch? Um. No T-shirts or anything like that. I was never really huge in the merch, uh, but I do have DVDs. You know, I have the, the three discs, Bret Hart. Um, okay. I got a, a lot of Japan wrestling, you know, and then um, my video games, you know, um, the 2K, sure. 17, 18. Is your uh, Japanese wrestling in Japanese, or is it voiced yes. over? Tiger Mask. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's real specific. It was like, you know, I looked just for Jericho, Benoit, Dynamite Kid. You know, um, okay. those are the DVD. Because those are guys I actually wanted to wrestle like. You sure. Know, um, plus a couple more guys, you know, added in there. But those were the three I re- three of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Was, you know, mm-hmm. Jericho, Benoit, Dynamite Kid. Right. You know, so... Only one left. Though. So I know you get old. What about you? I know you have every color of Butchie Davis t-shirts. I, I have a I have a dark child shirt. I have a Johnny <laughs> Swashbuckle shirt. I have a Ben McCoy shirt. Did he tell you about it? I have I have several Ross family shirts. Well, I do too. But I don't uh, lots of videos, lots of DVDs. I've got the network. Uh, I had I had some Ring of Honor shirts back in the day. I had a Ring of Honor hoodie. I had a CM Punk and a Samoa Joe Ring of Honor shirt, uh, and I had a Brock Lesnar shirt from when he first came on the scene, okay. way back in the day, before I broke into the business. But I was taught very early in the business that I wasn't allowed to wear wrestler shirts anymore because that made Here's me a mark. mark. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what the status on that is these days of whether well, or not you can do I'll, that. I'll clear up the mystery for you. Everybody in wrestling is a mark. Oh, yeah. That's but that, what I always Because otherwise they'd be doing something else. Yeah. But that was a big deal. Yeah, nobody, very few people got into wrestling <coughs> not being a fan of wrestling first. Yeah. Very few people were like, I've never seen wrestling, but I want to be a pro wrestler. Like, that just doesn't happen. I mean, not at all. obviously everybody started by being a fan, so. Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a weird rule. I don't know what the I don't know why that rule. I think it's changed because I see a lot of guys backstage now shows mm-hmm. veterans not wearing wrestler shirts, not carrying yeah. own shirts and whatever. In fact, one time, in the mall, at the mall, oh, thank you. Rocky kisses. I ran, <laughs> I ran into, uh, I ran into Ryan Cross who was there with his kids, and he had a Hulk Hogan like a Hulkamania yellow. Hulk Hogan with the whole fucking heat. gimmick. Yeah. so much heat right And now. then he he made a point to come up to me and, like, apologize in the mall. 
Well, it's because he was wearing He's a Jimmy like Borash Hey, I'm, I'm with my kids, and, you know, it's just a different... I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Man. Hey, Brian Cross, man. <laughs> All right. Um, you're next. Go you on. want me to pull the hat? Yeah, go ahead. I never go second. Yeah. Who goes second yeah. usually? Anarchy. Goes to... Oh, then... Oh, I don't I'm not confused. True. Yeah, it's fine. All right. New Coke or Pepsi Clear? Um, well, New Coke was garbage. Pepsi Clear was gimmicky, but I'd pick Pepsi Clear because it just went away because the gimmick wore off. It didn't have to get trashed and have the old one be brought back. Uh, yeah, as much as I hate Pepsi, I love Coca-Cola. Yeah. And messing with the original formula was blasphemy. Yeah, it was silly. Were you around? Do you remember when they switched the formula for Coke? You were probably like eight. Seven, it would have been eight, like uh, 85, 86. Oh, you were probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they decided, like, you know, Coca-Cola's been around, I don't know, 100 years. The only difference is they don't make it with cocaine anymore. But it was still around for 100 <laughs> years, and they decided to change the formula just for the fuck of it. And By it, doubling down on the amount of cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> and it lasted about a, not even a year, and they brought back Coca-Cola Classic. Okay. The can still say original recipe on the side. Yeah. And Those, don't have the cocaine. No. That's no, right. No cocaine. But that's, that. you know, that's why they call it Coke. Right. Yeah, because it was cocaine. Because yeah. in like 1870, we thought cocaine was good for you. Yeah, uh, they used cocaine for everything back then. Right? <laughs> you guys ever see the the cough syrup from the 1800s? The picture floats around on on uh, Facebook every once in a while, where it's got cocaine and morphine, and it's like <laughs> you didn't have a cold, <laughs> you had a coma. <laughs> yeah, you had a fucking drug habit. Yeah, well, that's, why, that's why the cough went away. <laughs> Because your I, body was physically unable to cough <laughs> at that point. Same I don't man. think I ever had either. Say, man, I will suck your dick for some more of that cough syrup. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? New, new? I never, I never had either. What about Clear Pepsi? No, I, I may have, I may have tried it because they brought it back briefly in, in the early '90s. Lane and, and Chris, th- there was this rage to make everything clear. Yeah, like everything had to be clear because it was pure, right? Yeah. But it wasn't because they still put it was shit in. the same in it. exact yeah. thing. It just didn't have the. They brown. just took out the caramel color or whatever. Yeah, right. But yeah, yeah, clear Pepsi was quite interesting. But Coke is absolutely better than Pepsi. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't, don't like agree with that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a flat version of Coke. See, but I drink diet. Yeah. So it's hard for me. I guess diet Coke hard. is like why? Yeah, but you don't like right. Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. But I prefer You're... Diet Pepsi over Diet Coke. Oh, it's like diet Pepsi prefer dying to flare. cancer no, than diabetes. But, no, but here's the thing. Because <laughs> being diabetic, I've learned to like certain diet sodas. Right, now, like Diet Mountain Dew. The, We've had this Right, the problem is with Diet Coke because it's the one that's more readily available. And if you go to a restaurant, 90% of the time, like, hey, what do you have Diet Coke? What do you have regular? I have 13 flavors of regular soda. We got Diet Coke. How come mm-hmm. every time... I go to the restaurant, I say, hey, I'd like a Coke, and they say, is Pepsi okay? <laughs> no, it's not okay. That's why I asked for a fucking Coke. <laughs> well, because you, uh, you picked the wrong, picked the wrong uh Every time? Yeah. Every time, Scott? What's that word? <laughs> Colostomy. Rudist. Okay. So somebody submitted this question. Who would be the rudest wrestler in real life? So we got to think about who is really an asshole. Like that we know? Well, remember, we had this question about nice guys a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so, yeah. So I would say both. Okay, so I would say of the people we don't know, 
I would think Randy Orton's probably a jackass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would put him and people who I haven't met as rude. What about you? Um, I guess Mr. Fuji, because he fed his neighbor his own dog. <laughs> oh, that's pretty bad. Uh, off the top of my head, I would say even though he does like the Make-A-Wish shit, like John Cena probably is a dick. You know, I heard the rumors of him getting people fired and everything else. And just for him being the face of the company for so long, I'm pretty sure he's arrogant as shit. Yeah, that's Could probably be. true, but I mean, I think that was all of, like, DX was probably all of that at one time, too, right? Oh, yeah. What about you? I gotta say, probably Brock Lesnar. Rude or just... Just an asshole. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose. Okay, what about people you know? Who's, who's, who's the rudest yeah, wrestler who's the I rudest know? person you've met? Like, in public? Or just, or just an asshole. Like, who's an asshole? To me specifically, or in general? In general. I mean, you have to assume that that'd be like an Armani, right? <laughs> not these days. No, no not these days. Dude, he's like Uncle Uncle Sal. I don't know. Uncle Funky and the Get Down Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting that go. Yeah, he can't even like like get get on a rant without him like breaking character. Who's know. rude? Well, Masters is rude. I mean, we're pretty fucking rude. Yeah, we're ass generally, generally when we're on the road. Yeah, masters. Yeah, masters because he'll end up four fingers deep in your girlfriend. So that's pretty rude. And then she'll be gutted like a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> I got a good choice. Yeah. Ian Xavier. Really? You know? Absolutely. Ian. He's terrible in the ring. He <laughs> thinks he's great. I'd like to work with him. And he treats everyone around him like a piece of shit unless they're kissing his ass. Oh, you're talking about Ron Cross? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. You're talking about Ian Xavier. Oh, Ian Xavier. Two places I won't be able to work. Oh. There we go. Why? I didn't say you, Lane. Well, no, that's all right. I like them both. Anybody you knew in the business that was prickly, even if he wasn't to you, like a guy who was just kind of a... Um, I think it was number one. He, was, he called himself Soul Brother number one. And he stayed in character after the show. Oh. What and was the character? Soul Brother number one. <laughs> it was like, was I'm this, Soul Brother Was this up in Eau Claire? Yeah. So, I've never met this guy, but we did a show... In a front yard for Pa Stardom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that guy was supposed to be there. Mm. And he did not come to the show. That's probably a good thing. He, oh, he made the right choice. I'm surprised you didn't say Bonner. Why? Oh, wait. Maybe I'm thinking. Of... It wasn't Bonner. It was uh, Dallas. Uh... That's right. Dalton sorry, Castle. Dalton. Yeah, sorry. No, not Dalton Clark. Dalton Clark. Dalton Clark. Yeah, I'm Dalton. surprised you didn't say Dalton Clark. I mean, he was rude to us, but. You know, we were good at what we did. Douche. <laughs> he was a douche. Yeah, he was a knob. Mm-hmm. Hope he's listening. I mean, like, so brother number one, he didn't like the fact that he was losing a match. And uh, it was like a three-way with Jared, Soul brother, and fuck, I want to say Loudon Payne. I'm not 100% sure I'm third person. I think Loudon went over. Oh. I mean, yeah. oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Like, Soul Brother, like, came back out out of script and gave Jared, like, a shoot double earned DDT where Jared, like, earned felt numb, and it was scary for a second, you know? And once he once he snapped out, Jared wanted to kill this motherfucker, you know? It was just like... And he, he didn't see that he did anything wrong. It was like, dude, you didn't talk about what you was going to do. You didn't tell him 
it wasn't nothing. It was just like, ah, boom. It was like, what the fuck is that? You yeah, know? Yeah, so, you certainly didn't take care of anything. So, you know, that's that's my main reason saying he was a dick, you know, other than not breaking gimmick at the fucking after bar. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a dick move, too. Yeah. That's like talking in third person. Uh, I hate people that does that shit. Yeah, me too. Right. Scott does not like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're up. extra sticky what was you doing <laughs> what's with the merch questions today what's who, this one? who has know. the best merch um who has the best merch yeah I, if I know I don't I don't know um I haven't seen anything super enjoyable I like tag team move stuff locally cause they put like old video Nintendo game images like out of themselves on their shirts I like things that are different. I don't like seeing a, like another burning cross hammer, Irish shitty thing. I don't know. I don't know. They all kind of meld together. I mean, again, I look at things differently now, right? Because I'm not wrestling. I'm ring announcing. And I'm out there and I see everything. I see everybody's merch. I see everybody's matches. And after a while, it all just kind of blends together. Um, from a national, local, like, big-time WWE standpoint... I have no idea because, I mean, I watch it, but I just don't pay attention to the shirts. The New Day has the best merch. I, I could because I they have sold, cereal. No, they've sold light up dildos to children across the oh, country. Oh, those are horns. Those, those are unicorn horns. I mean, they're probably made in the same factory, and they just lop <laughs> off the head. <laughs> put a light on it. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick something, because we have to pick something, like I'm gonna stay old school. Like I. Uh, I liked um, I liked the Horseman stuff as much as I didn't care for them as people. I liked the DX merch. It was kind of. Did you have Four Horsemen vitamins? No. No. Do you remember Four Horsemen? No. Would that have been cocaine as well? No, they were actual (laughs) for sale at like the GNC Four Horsemen vitamins. Okay. I I never saw them in a store, but I saw the commercial on TBS. Okay. No, I don't remember that. Um, I think uh, Boogie Woogie Man Valiant had some good words. I'm kidding. I don't know what he was. I mean, I he had that lady that was getting out of that car. That was some good Like, work. I don't want to shit on the question because somebody took the time to suggest it. But I'm a bad person to ask because I'm not a merch. Well, the, the best all-time merch is going to be the Austin 316 shirt and yeah. the NWO shirt. Okay, yeah. why? Because mm-hmm. it sold more, or because because everybody okay. in the fucking well, world. But the question that is the idea of merch. Okay, <laughs> but no, you're asking me. Okay, so there's a question. Then we're gonna have a philosophical discussion of what sold more. What did I like more? Because no, but you just got all upset because you don't know about merch, and then someone gave you an option for merch, and you got you okay, invented anger. What? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it because for one, the NWO ruined WCW and put them out of business. So why would I support the merch? I don't say they, they they went too far with it. Right. NWO was awesome. Let me tell you why it ruined it. Okay, I, you may, you probably have heard this, but let me tell you well, though, why it. it ruined it. They became ridiculously big. They should never have gotten more than four or five people deep. I agree. They got big to the point where every week they destroyed the WCW wrestlers, but yet you were trying to make me buy a WCW pay-per-view. What the fuck for? Because that's the, the only NWO way you could see the destroyed NWO. Everything you had going here, Good. and I understand that the plan was to split the companies. 
right? Yep. They were going to be the first to do a brand split, but it didn't pan out. So they're going to have the NWO and they're going to have the, the WCW, but they were going to end up by default relegating WCW to be the minor league because the NWO had destroyed everything that WCW built. Anyway, when it got to be where it was rolling 18 deep and you had NWO Japan and the only way you could stop the NWO was to split the NWO into two, the cat was out of the bag and there was no bringing it mm-hmm. back. That's why I think it, it was the ultimate beginning of the downfall of WCW. I agree with a lot of what you said. Mm-hmm. My only thing I'm going to add is the reason the NWO f- collapsed upon itself is because there really was no end game. Like they just came up with this idea of a big group that would run roughshod. Well, because the end game I was mean, supposed to be the then, brand split. Right, but, then, clear but the idea game. never went anywhere. Right. There's a clear end game. Eventually, you would think a natural move is you break them up and they feud with each other. Which well, that's what they had to do. That's what, they, but it didn't really. Work. By the time they did it, it was over. Right, and yeah. then they immediately put it right back together. And and the reason the NWO was I can't take them seriously. So when it was Hogan, Nash, Hall, DiBiase was supposed to be the manager, and then X-Pac. That's, it's never grown beyond that. Mm-hmm. When Scott Flash Norton was getting over on all the WCW guys, and Stevie Ray was getting over on all the WCW guys, Smack it was em, jack over. Em. Slapjack. Over. Over for WCW. Let me tell you about yeah. Stevie Ray. He's tired of all these yaks. My yaks. Favorite, <laughs> you want to know what my favorite Stevie Ray line was? Is He was commentating. He was doing color commentating for a match with, uh, I think... Uh, who did the the Bronco Buster? Was that Conan or Mysterio? Uh, Mysterio. It was Mysterio. Yeah, and uh, somebody who was commentating with Stevie Ray, he says something like, "He's gonna get a face full of junk." <laughs> and the guy corrects Stevie. He goes, "Well, you can't get a face full of junk when there's a woman doing." He goes, "Boy junk, girl junk, it's all junk to me." <laughs> so that was my favorite Stevie Ray. I, I guess my argument though is that those two shirts. If you look at those two shirts. They probably are still near the top of the list for what okay. they sell now. Great. And make money off. Here's the thing. I don't like the NWS shirt. <laughs> are you okay with the Austin 360 yeah, shirt? Even though it's a little blasphemous. Yeah, well, you know what? He can he can atone he can atone for that when he when he passes. And and yeah. there's something to be said for for the design. It's a black shirt with white letters. That's and a skull. God damn, and, Jesus, and, those t shirts are flying and a off skull. <laughs> There's a skull on the back. The skull was a little much, but... What about when the skull had billowy smoke biceps? <laughs> Coming out of the yes. eyeballs? Yeah, no, you can you can have your NWO shit. Got it. Right. What about you? I heard you liked, uh, you were a big fan of uh, um, Spike Dudley's stuff. Oh, yeah, like Camo Dudley oh, boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I was more of a Bubba Ray guy, oh, but, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> By the way, he's probably one of the guys you can put as... Dickiest, rudest wrestler. Probably. Mm. Taz probably fits in there too. But mm-hmm. hey, fuck you. Are we? Uh, He's gonna be about that time. Yeah. I feel like we're about that time. We're close. You want to pull one last yeah. one? And yeah, let's let's, sure. let's let's have one more one more uh, topic. Let's see where this takes us. This will take us deep. Oh, What's well, mid road merch? <laughs> it's a merch show. It's okay. <laughs> Can you read it? Listen, my grammar is not that bad. No, the problem is, like, you can read, like, four of the words, and then there's two that you can't make out Oh, good. This is good. This has nothing to do with you. This says, how high was the waitress at Perkins? Oh, man. (laughs) Do you want to take a guess? Uh, 
if, if it's a question, it's a, it's a question. So she had to be pretty hot. She was. <laughs> she was saving so the fucking turtles. So a lot of times hide. we get That's shit. How. A lot of times we get shit that is like inside joke stuff. But I'll let them share the story with you, and then you can decide how high this waitress was. I feel like we told it here before. You probably did, but, but I yeah. all right. So first of all. So we go to the same Perkins in Lacrosse after almost all the shows because it's literally the only thing that's open. All right, it's a college town, so we had a new waitress this time, and she came over. She couldn't open her eyes, <laughs> like at all. First of all, she gave us all of our menus. She took our drink order. She informed us that for two weeks of starting there, she could only give people orange soda because it was the only button she could hit on the thing because of the color, and it was just. Because it was a big orange Big orange button. button. Yeah. She loved it. Uh, and then when uh, Vic asked for a straw, yep. she proceeded to say, I'll give you a straw if you don't care about the turtles. At which point I told her, if the turtles knew how many people's mouths had been on this cup, they'd understand. I want the straw. <laughs> so so high was she? given that evidence, how high was the <laughs> Perkins oh, waitress? I mean... At least about ten pills in at that point. Um, <laughs> I'll say this for All her. crushed up, snorted. She got the orders right. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe not that. The food was right. So let me ask you this. Would you smash? I mean, I've done worse. <laughs> I'd smoke her weed, but I'm out. Okay. I'm so. a married man. I probably shouldn't. If, if she cares that much about the turtles... There's probably a lot of patchouli and non-deodorant. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. And non-shaving. And non-shaving, yeah. Patchouli is the worst smell. Yeah, it's awful. It's the worst. Just saying. You may or may not know this, but I once, I had an ex once that that sometimes smelled patchouli-y. Did you like it? No. (laughs) What is patchouli? It's made from the plant of patchouli. Oh, when you were a kid, did you ever play outside? And when you came back inside, your mom was like, "You stink like outside." Yes, that's, that's what patchouli <laughs> smells like. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, we got a lot of merch stuff in. The most important part of this show is the first half hour when we learned about Mace Morgan. The rest of it was a hit or miss. You guys got to step up your game if you're going to suggest topics, folks. Well, I think saying. that's probably the the only merch questions, unless there's the question in there of who had the worst merch. The NWO. Anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll leave it at that note. Hopefully this show sees the light of day because our producer, Alex P. Riley, um, is a busy, busy man, apparently. You know what the P stands for? Patchouli. Playing with my emotions because he yeah. won't put a fucking show up. But you eventually you'll get to hear this. And you'll probably regret that you came on. But that's okay. <laughs> that's That tends to be the norm. Hopefully we'll get a chance to have you back. And then when we do, we'll get more topics because we won't have to do the backstory. Maybe we'll get some shit that you actually care about and not how high was the Perkins waitress that, you, that nobody here... So high. Yeah. Was Masters there? Did he smash No. Uh, nobody was there in a smashing mood. No? Nobody? Nobody. What about Coda Jacobs? Would he... I don't know. Maybe. I don't think he can do that because he's consistently running for office. Yeah. Uh, we, we'll have to put her, the Perkins waitress in a fuck, Mary kill skit. <laughs> anyway, Mace Morgan, it was great to see you. Always a pleasure, man. You, again, 
we've known each other 20 years. <coughs> I appreciate everything you've done. Jack Spade, I appreciate you as well. I like him. Good guy. Good guy. Vic Stick Ross, I've known you for 22 years. Yikes. Since we're talking about how old we are now. And I pretty much appreciate all that. Is this our last show ever? No. Oh. Well, it might be the last one it ever gets heard, though. <laughs> because it sounds like it might be the last it one It might ever. be the last one we ever hear from Alex. Anyway, next week we don't have anybody lined up just yet, but some of the people on our wish list, uh, Tyler Sullivan. Zach McGuire. Chris Black. Sierra. And uh, maybe another round with Angel Armani. Oh, that'd be all right. Really? Maybe we'll get a wrestling question for right down. We'll have to wait till spring training's over. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's in baseball mode now. Anyway, I'm Hotshot Scott Williams. This is the Ross... Ross Family Matters podcast. By the way, Matt, the worst sitcom, the most unfunny sitcom in the history of TV. And it has the worst merch. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to bath. I'll be right back.